0: Hi, i'm andrea with narvar and uh today i'm talking to ann cullen who's a former colleague of mine from walmart.com uh, we worked on content marketing together and so we wanted to um, share some insights on you know how to think about content marketing for e-commerce companies um, and hopefully give you some tips um, Ann, you want to introduce yourself
1: Sure, hi, thanks Andrea, thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm Ann Cullen, I'm a content manager, strategist, and writer, and um, as Andrea said, I worked at Walmart for a while, I was there for seven years working on editorial and marketing, um, really leading the food, crafts, and some of the consumables, editorial content development. And then before that, um, you know, I have experience in some more small startup direct-to-consumer, you know, work as well as, um, you know, traditional print publishing. So lots of different content um, in my background, you know, that sort of informs who I am today. Yeah. And you're a, a pastry chef as well. I I am. Well, uh, I'm trained. I'm trained, as mm-hmm. they say. As they say, yeah, this um, past year, I, I took some time to earn my professional pastry certificate from the San Francisco Cooking School. And and right now I'm sort of combining my content marketing with a little bit of a side project, you know, doing a, um, like a small, a small candy startup kind of pop-ups and things like that and seeing where that goes. Yeah, Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, so I guess let's start at the beginning, right? Like what um, do you see uh, as the role of content for retailers?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, certainly it's been something that I've thought about for, Quite a number of years, and I and where I am now with looking at it, you know, beyond kind of a sales channel is really looking at re- retailers to be experts in resources and the the products that they sell, um, and you know, providing that to customers as a value service. You know, it's a way to kind of help them, but in a way that they already kind of have the information for, you know, um, it's relationship building, but it's also, you know, just being a resource, you know, for customers, you know, and another way to kind of engage in that, in that relationship.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause we, we kind of look at it the same way. It's sort of, um, you know, especially last year, right. Last year was so weird. Um, and with so many things shutting down and, just being disrupted, Um, you know, having content be part of, you know, how do you continue to develop that relationship and um, communicate with customers without it being all about trying to sell stuff um, really kind of came to a head then feels like.
1: Right, right. I mean, I, you know, in in different parts of my life, both, you know, working at Walmart as well, as just sort of trying to get things, you know, it, it sort of that has definitely popped up um, multiple times this past year. You know, one of the things, you know, as I, I mentioned, I've developed a lot of craft content for Walmart. And one thing I noticed, you know, I was getting emails from Walmart, just like any other customer. And I saw one that was, you know, or, or one came in my inbox that was all kind of craft-based and activities, you know, um, certainly focused on kids and families, which is their brand. Um, you know and it's like things to do and activities to do and it was very it was not a hard sell kind of a an email it was one about really helping out with ideas you know this is April 2020 and you know the the staying at home kind of novelty certainly had worn off so you know here's a way that you know without a hard sell you know, customers can um, or, or brands can, you know, talk to their customers and, and understand their needs and know what their needs are and and meet them there. And, you know, that kind of pivot in strategy um, really earned them, you know, good numbers. It was like double digit, strong double digit increases in both open rates as well as, you know, click through, you know, to, to read the content. And, you know, I think that really speaks to a brand understanding the needs of their customer, what they're going through at these times um, and, you know, how they can help in a way that's not kind of as directly related to, you know, this product will help you solve your your problem.
0: Yep, exactly. I think, um, you know, obviously, as you said, you developed a lot of um, recipes, cooking content, the crafting content, you know, so it's been something that I think, um, sort of forward thinking retailers have been doing for a while, it's like, how do we uh, provide a little bit more support and be um, that expert? Um, and so it was interesting to see that really come to the forefront last year. We, we saw similar from um, some other folks like Joanne's, um, you know, craft store, they made a quick video of how do you make a mask, um, you know, which they started to put on their front page and it just, it became kind of a support I think um which was interesting um
1: yeah it was very interesting it was um I'm a sewer um so you know I certainly made I made masks for friends and family and you know tried to distribute them and you know but also I think a lot of people kind of learned to sew you know and this was something that they had time to do and you know looking at Joanne's resource you know from where you get you know sewing supplies I think it was really just I I was very impressed by how, you know, they jumped to it and were there, you know, without kind of a, you know, this, this hard sales message and really in a helpful place. And I think, you know, that really, that did a lot, you know, in my eyes um, with their
0: brand. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I think, you know, moving forward, obviously that won't always be the situation, knock on wood, we're (laughs) getting to a place where things are hopefully getting back to normal. Um, But one of the interesting things that you were doing at Walmart also was, um, you know, creating content to help people get the most out of their products, right? So after they bought something, um, you know, how do you keep them engaged with it? You know, the juicer doesn't sort of just go in the back of the closet. Um, So do you have a good example you could talk about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few examples. Um,
1: I think one of the um, uh, one of the ones that I don't know is resonant for me now we'll, we'll sort of stick with cooking this idea that Instapot, I think like mm-hmm. a lot of people out there you know you you hear about this hot new thing and um, you buy it, but then you don't necessarily one know what to do with it. So you know that sort of you know recipes are kind of the oldest form, one of the oldest forms of content marketing in a way it's like here's this new product and here are some things that you can make with it. but um, And that's, you know, straightforward and certainly something that we, you know, that I did at Walmart was to pull in, you know, instant pot recipes. Um, But another sort of, if you take that the next step is, you know, how often are people using this and what are reasons that they're not, you know, that it becomes something that's an occasional use item versus kind of a go-to, you know, looking um, on YouTube or looking at the question and answer on the product page you know and seeing what people keep asking it's like how do I clean this thing or what's the best way to clean it you know in those types of strategies you know making an article like about cleaning your instapot or ways to clean it or um, those types
0: of things or just reminding people not to put it in the dishwasher yeah no it's really great because it's sort of there's a couple of different angles to this, right? Because there's the post-purchase support, as you alluded to. You know, how do you keep people from returning it, or you know, just feeling like they made a good investment, especially when it's something that's a little pricier. Um, but also from a sustainability standpoint, like you know, there is um, this idea that a lot of people are just buying stuff all the time, right? It's like, oh, Instapot, this is, I hear about it from friends and I I need one or an air fryer or whatever it is. Um, and maybe they regret their purchase a little bit later um, because they're not getting as much out of it. So, um, or because they've broken it or something like just being able to help them protect that investment is an interesting kind of post-purchase thing. Um, and I think helping people figure out what to do with it as well afterwards as opposed to returning it. Like that's an area that we've um, been thinking about a lot recently, right? It's not just like everybody knows that returns are this huge problem. A lot of times they're ending up in landfill or you know, it's taking too long to get them back into inventory to sell again. Um, And so there's this exploration of all these different ways that people can figure out what is that next use, right? Is it putting it into a secondary marketplace um, and being able to resell it or gift it to a friend instead of returning it to the retailer. Or like you said, you know, can you leverage content to help people get more out of that, that product, which is inter- so sorry. Another, I know I'm dominating the conversation right now, but another example actually that, that, that makes me think of is um, Sonos. So we had talked to Sonos a while back about how they're leveraging um, that post-purchase kind of, um, period right of communication with people as they're anticipating their sonos smart speakers if people aren't familiar with them um and it takes a bit right so a it's a pretty decent investment to have to buy a smart speaker and then b it's not something that you just sort of plug in and use like there is a little bit of onboarding that needs to happen Um, and they figured out that, like well as people are anticipating their package maybe there's some things that we can Provide them um, content-wise to help them um, get onboarded faster. You know, um, have a quicker time to be able to enjoy that item, um, and they've seen it work. Like they're they're seeing um, contacts you know, uh, reduce because people have already set up an account and they kind of know how to tune the speaker and they're able to just kind of get up and running a lot faster. So, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think that's
1: really interesting. It reminds me of, um, you know, some other types of work we I did with toys, um, but specifically outdoor play, you know, Walmart sells, um, you know, large play sets um, and again, big investment and there's a certain amount of setup, you know, and, and I think that, you know, with so many different types of customers, there's a range of abilities, um, you know, handiness, um, you know, setting up, a playset in your backyard and, um, you know, looking to see what those pain points were in the question and answer and in the, you know, the the ratings and reviews, as well as, you know, you could talk to customer service about the kind of challenges, you know, what was the disconnect there, um, you know, and why this was not a successful setup. You know, there's a lot of ways you can, I think, kind of beat people to the punch, you know, like just help set them up for success that, you know, are subtle ways, you know, uh, or stronger ways, encourage them, you know, to to read about it, but also just offer help in advance. So if they do end up having to call customer service, they're maybe not as frustrated at that time. You know, they've tried, they've gotten s- some, some amount of work done in, in setting something up, but, you know, they need, they're not quite sure maybe if it's right or they just need that little extra push and guidance. You know, it's not like I have no idea how, what am I going to do? You know, there's, there's, you're a little bit longer in the process, probably a little calmer, frustrated, which will, I'm sure help um, your customer service team, um, you know, be able to, to manage, um, you know, and really help that customer out if they have, you know, a little, like a better starting point for, for how to proceed with your
0: product. Mm-hmm. Um, So you've kind of touched on this a little bit is this um, what we call UGC in the business, right? User generated content. And that can include everything from, you know, photos that people are posting on Instagram or Pinterest or um, to ratings and reviews. Like this is actually a big piece of UGC. And we know a lot of retailers use these on their product pages just to provide that additional um, kind of context for people as they're making decisions, but you're using it actually as a resource also to figure out what content to create and what, um, almost like market research, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's a great place
1: to research, um, you know, what, what challenges or, or things that, you know, uh, you want to address in that, in that customer journey or their relationship with the product. Um, and oftentimes even this sort of a side note, but, you know, on big retailers, you'll also find customers using the ratings and reviews for their experiences with shipping, which is sort of like, I'm always (laughs) like, why is this on here? But, but it's, it's a thing and it happens, you know? And so, you know, there's another opportunity to kind of figure out, you know, how you want to address those, but sort of back to, back to the main point. Yeah. I think it's a great research tool, um, you know, to figure out what kinds of content to create. I used it quite a bit, certainly when I had a new, um, you know, subject to write about, um, you know, kind of didn't know where to begin or just was looking for ideas. Um, you know, looking for us, it was looking at the editorial calendar and kind of understanding, you know, seasonal things, um, or seasonal, seasonal products, you know, maybe it's a dehydrator, so that, that kind of pulls forward during harvest time, you know, so it would like read just lots and lots and lots of, um, reviews for products to understand what were the, um, kind of the decision-making questions that, that customers would use to, to purchase or not purchase a product and kind of pull that out and put it into a buying guide. Um, you know, You can additionally, you can look on your own site. Maybe if you don't have ratings or reviews, you can also look on YouTube and then look into, you know, how people are talking about this type of thing to help you come up with content ideas that can help solve a customer problem.
0: Mm -hmm. So actually, this is um, interesting. How do you approach content strategy for this, right? Like, obviously you could create everything or, um, you know, we talked a lot about sort of those pinpoint, I guess, pain points in a way, right? It's like identifying those and trying to help provide content to, um, to solve that or support people there, but on a broader sense, right? Like if people are just starting out as, um, you know, maybe new retailers who are, um, who are smaller and they may be pulling in some of this UGC content to help with styling or some of that, but then longer term, like, how do you approach thinking about Mm -hmm. what do you create and how do you measure success of that too? Yeah. um you know i'm a full i'm a believer and you've worked with
1: me <laughs> andrea you know with content certainly written content is a really quick way to you know measure interest you know certainly like making a video is a big process <laughs> you know but but writing and taking a few pictures it's fairly low entry um and you know now we have all these social media channels you know there's lots of ways or tools now where you can talk to customers a little bit more closely. And so writing and basic imagery, I think is one way to sort of get that conversation going and then just kind of see if it resonates or see what comes up you know, um, from that um, to see if there's something there and then kind of iterate off of that. Um, I think that certainly working in a large company like Walmart, you know, scale is always a consideration, but there's definitely scrappy ways, you know, that you can take an idea and kind of see if it's helpful to people. Um, so, you know, I think I would kind of start there with a new idea and and see what resonates.
0: Any specific things that you think would be different um, advice for somebody working on an enterprise you know, kind of massive company versus maybe a smaller or mid market company?
1: Yeah, I've, I've thought about that a lot. I mean, I think at the end of the day, that commonality is really providing value. Um, but yeah, I think the scale um, is is really the, the biggest thing. And I also think that the, the way you may tell like a human story might be a little bit different, you know when, you know, certainly with my small business and other kind of direct to consumer businesses that I worked on that were small, it really is about the people that are building this. And I think you can tell that story, um, the people that are building it and the customers, and there's more of a direct relationship. You know, you have a CEO that, you know, started a company out of their garage or something like that. And, and those sort of human stories, um, I think are really interesting. It's harder to do that in a huge brand, you know, to tell that kind of a personal story. There's lots of people that are behind the scenes making everything happen. I say the human story is a little bit different, Um, as well as, you know, it's a benefit and kind of a curse to be able to talk directly to customers. You know, I think, again, that human quality, you know, I can, you know, talk to a little kind of startup CEO potentially. I mean, one time, um, from a clothing retailer, they reached out to me as a customer and and we had this great conversation on like for 45 minutes about sort of why I chose purchase. That's that and the other thing. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really lovely. I don't think that's necessarily something a large brand, um, kind of can do, but they can do lots of other things like, like surveys and, um, you know, larger scale customer resource management that can get that same sort of input, but at scale. So it's really sort of using the pros and understanding the cons of of kind of where a business is in their life cycle to kind of leverage the best thing,
0: um, you know, using the scale that you're at. Yeah. No, I think that's really so. That is something else to think about is um, the emotional piece of this, right? There is um, whether you're able to tell direct human stories or um, or in some other way make it a little bit more um, pers- like people based. <laughs> um, that is important. It's like you know you don't necessarily want to read a technical spec when you're looking for support, um, whether it's you know from a big or a small company. So. I like that thought. Um, Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I tend to be a, certainly as a person, I'm a reader
1: before I'm going to get on the phone to call somebody (laughs) like, what can I learn ahead of time? But, you know, sometimes you really do need help. So, you know, maybe that's another one is, you know, just different ways that, that we as people, you know, solve problems. And, and I mean, that's a whole nother question is like, types of content. You know, I know some people love videos, other people are more, you know, prefer reading, um, you know, about something. And and that is its own, that's its own like three hour webinar, <laughs> exactly. you know, um, and, and how that, how that's different across generations. Um, you know, back to the, the, you know, Joanne's example with the, the face mask. I think I recall seeing that they had multiple different ways, you know, they had a written step-by-step, they had a video, you know, and and also you kind of uh, got some um, social media people to kind of help distribute their message. And I thought that was, you know, real smart, you know, to be able to meet people where they were, as far as how they want to get that content. But that's certainly a different kind of a different discussion. <laughs>
0: yeah. It is something to think about though, because, there's always this push towards video, 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 or audio <laughs> right now, right? The podcast, right. Is making a comeback and clubhouse and all of that. But um, it is important to remember that people consume information in very different ways. I personally am not generally a video person, but to me, it is important to also have that in writing, right? Like I, I want to be able to um, get the information, but if I have time or I want to see Um, the people a little bit more I want to get a how to I will absolutely use video so um, so I guess that is something else to think about Um, even from a scale perspective right it's like if you create something and it works really well maybe try it in some other formats um, and see if uh, if that resonates in a different way Um, yeah that's
1: yeah exactly the sort of the test and learn um you know starting small or starting with what resources you have you know again from my perspective i write and you know dabble in some photography but you can certainly those are things that you can get you can even buy stock photography if you can find something or use supplier imagery if you're in a position that you can use that you know sort of begin somewhere that feels like there's a low level of entry and then see if there's um, you know, response to it and then kind of build out from there if needed. Um, you know, the kind of to pull it back to the Walmart crafts example, you know, the three crafts that were featured in that email were all solidly performing crafts that had, you know, been written years before, absolutely tried and true, tested, you know, and, and really hit the spot. So being able to even look back historically, you know, to see what you want to pull forward is also a big part of the strategy of it. You know, maybe you, with, you know, a sensitive topic, you don't want to try new things, um, but there are times to try new things. So, you know, kind of using your, your head and your strategic thinking to figure out which way you're going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so (laughs) and part of that is having empathy for what people are going through at the moment. Right. So if um, they're all locked away at home and they want stuff to do with the kids or whatever, um, but they maybe don't have access to a lot of new materials. (laughs) <laughs> um, what are some of those crafts that maybe are going to um, make more sense because people don't have to go out and find whatever dried flowers that they may not have at home or something, right? Right, because that only takes a couple of weeks to, you know, dry your
1: own flowers, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's like you want this now or yeah. you want to be able to do it with paper or magazine or, you know, all sorts of, you know, conditions that, that people are in and, you know, what they have around them and and understanding that. And I, it brings up a point, you know, and, you know, kind of gut check, you know, within the company, you know, for resources and just asking questions to kind of how people are feeling. Um, I don't necessarily, I wonder what, you know, uh, I mean, you could even do that with your example about the the setting up the smart speaker, you know, um resources within the company for I'm sure that, you know, someone has had this, oh, yeah, like, well, I help my, You know, parents set up theirs. I gave gave one as a gift, say, you know, Mm. but, um, you know, I couldn't go visit them. So I had to try to help them, you know, set it up remotely, Um, you know, and and what happened during that time that, you know, maybe a little sort of nugget that you can add to to help or fill in some of the onboarding for something like that. You know, there's all sorts of places to find information that can really fill in the gaps sometimes um, with content.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, so this is terrible because we could go on all day <laughs> about all the examples. I started thinking about Dyson, so Dyson has that really fancy like four hundred dollar um, hair dryer, but
1: okay. apparently it
0: takes some doing to understand how to use it best, and so that is an area that I know that they've been exploring. Um, you know, how do we help people again, get the most out of that product and figure out how to use it? Um, Madison Reed during this period as well, right? They, um, create hair dyes, but of course everybody was trying to figure out how do I dye my hair during this period? Like, so being able to provide those resources to people for a product that they already, you know, have to, to be able to educate people on. Um, but bringing that forward during this period where they can't get help (laughs) in person. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Lots of things that became services
1: that now you are your, it's like the ship, the it's, the service has moved from, you know, more of a service industry to the company that produces the product Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you are now the service provider or, you know, it's, it's smart to look at it that way. Um, You know uh, I think uh, we were talking earlier about You know um disposing of things and replacement of things Mm -hmm. um if you don't mind me looping back to that and i think you know large items like maybe you know certainly now it's spring so patio furniture or mattresses you know buying a new one is is exciting um you know and things do need to be replaced but now you have this large bulky thing Mm -hmm. that you need to figure out how to sort of get rid of in a responsible way um And um, certainly mattress companies have often had that in their model where part of, as purchasing, they take away your, your mattress so you don't have to think about it. Where does it go? Who knows? But, you know, there's other ways to do it by, you know, if you're an expert in your field, you know, probably... Uh, a good way or the proper ways to dispose of mattresses, you know, within different parts of the country, let's say. So you can be that resource for people to check like, oh, well, how do I do it in San Francisco? Or how do I do it in Ohio? You know, and, and what are kind of the recycling rules around that? you know, um, there's lots of, again, goes back to resources and knowledge within the company. And, and there may be things that, you know, that you assume other people do, but, you know, we probably don't, or it's going to take a lot of time to research that and figure it out. So being able to kind of beat um, beat people to the punch in offering that information, um, you know, if they haven't thought about, about it before.
0: Yeah. We think about that a lot, actually. It's sort of that convenience um, and also how you differentiate yourself as a retailer, right? There's a lot of competition out there. So um, how do you just ease the experience? Um, and if people feel like, you know what, this is great. I This was an easy purchase. It was an easy, um, you know, they provided me everything I needed, including something like um, resources or information to figure out what my next steps are. Um, I'm more likely to go back to them, right? So there is that Nice virtuous cycle around it, too. That's an interesting way to think about it. So, I guess um, you know one takeaway. If you had to give people kind of one thing to think about um, when they're looking at you know how do I leverage content um, within my e-commerce business, what would that be? Such a tough question.
1: I'm I'm always like oh the top three, but um, you know I think we want to think about providing value, but I think. The biggest, you know, in talking to you, I'm realizing that, you know, using resources within your company um, or, and that includes sort of on your website, a website is a resource, UGC, you know, to come up with content ideas that can help s- solve customer problems and look at it kind of with a fresh hat. You know, again, we talked about a few things here, like looking at the ratings of reviews, you know, looking for your, how product categories are being talked about. On YouTube. Um, there's your customer resource center. I'm sure that they have stories to tell, um, you know, about, you know, how onboarding of maybe a complicated product works. So the idea of looking at content as a resource to build your own content, I think is ultimately kind of a recap of what we've, you know, been talking about here, but looking at it in fresh ways um, and with the the
0: idea of having it bring value. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anne. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today about um, about content because there's a lot here. <laughs> there really is. There
1: really is. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Anne. Thank you.